welcome back to Madness in the Method, the, the Nicolas Cage podcast where we, we take a deep dive into the career of one of our most uh, uh, prolific actors, uh, in, in, in modern days at least. And uh, uh, with me, as always, is my friend and trusted co-host, Christopher. Hello, everyone. Hello. And in this episode, we are discussing uh, a movie called Xandali, which I had never heard of before. And um, honestly, I almost thought we were going to have to cancel this episode because I could barely find it online to watch. I don't know. I don't know how. How? How did you have trouble finding it, Christopher? I uh, I actually didn't start looking because you wrote me. Have you trouble finding it? And I yeah. Said, I haven't started looking, and then you sent me a link. I found it. I said, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess so. It was very easy for me, I'd say. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. That, that this seems to be a lot of those movies, but this one was particularly hard to find. It took a while. Um. I mean. We were we're kind of geographically restricted because we live in Sweden. So if we lived in America, sure we could just rent it on Amazon, um, but that's impossible unless you have a VPN, and even then it doesn't always work. So uh, I I was like maybe we'll we'll just have to skip this one. But eventually I found it, and I was I gotta say I was a little little troubled at first because if you just if you just Google Zandali full movie. You get a lot of uh, adult entertainment sites mm. at first. I was like, huh? Okay. Um. <laughs> I've I, I got to say, though, because I did look into it a little bit after, just because you said it was so hard to find. Yeah. It is pretty easy to find if you're not living in Sweden. Uh, yes, exactly. To be fair. Because, <laughs> I mean, you could rent it on Amazon, yes. Google Play, and I think it was like two other places, but none of them are available to us. So. Yes. So yes, I, I guess if if you if you live in Sweden, it's gonna be hard for you. If you live, I guess outside of Europe, it's fine. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> Boy in Blue was harder. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, internationally to find. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Um, but this one was the most uh, 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 in interesting to find because of all mm. the uh, other websites that came up. And I was like, what? What? What am I? What? <laughs> what am I? What am I getting into here? But I gotta say, um. Um, uh, it's quite fitting, actually, for this movie. Yeah. Um, because it is. Um, it's uh, it's a a what did you say it was a ro um an erotic thriller or slash romantic or tragedy? erotic thriller or romantic uh, tragedy. Yeah, uh, was the what I found when I looked it up, uh, which <laughs> I think was one way to describe it, I guess. Yeah, I I, I would like I told you I would I would call it an erotic tragedy because it wasn't really a thriller. No. No, more of a tragedy. Um, yeah, but quickly, it's uh, it's Zandali, um, directed by Sam Pillsbury, written by Mary Kornhauser, and it stars Nicolas Cage, obviously, Erica Anderson, and Judge Reinhold, hmm. which was a lot of fun to see. <laughs> um, and uh, it's a movie about uh, really about Judge Reinhold, who plays a, a man called Terry Terry Martin. Um, yes. Who who who, um, uh, who is married to the character Zandali, uh, played by Eric Anderson, um, and on IMDb it says Terry's wife Zandali married the poet he once was. Uh, taking over his dad's company in New Orleans gives him stress and impotence. <laughs> Terry meets his high school buddy Johnny, played by Nicolas Cage, at a bachelor party. The painter Johnny can satisfy Zandali, and. I don't know because we we briefly mentioned that in in last in the last episode, and I I got the feeling 
just from reading that, uh, maybe I just skimmed through it, that it was going to be like a sort of like a like an indecent proposal kind of movie. Mm. That uh, that Judge Reiner would be like, I can't satisfy my wife. You must help me, Nicolas Cage. But no, oh, I'm so mm. conflicted about this. But it's not that at all. That's not what happens no. at all. No. It is. It's it just is more just she's cheating. having an affair. Yeah, yeah. It's just regular cheating. Like, oh no, but I'm I'm. She's torn about it, and Nicolas Cage is just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie, it had um, just quickly mentioning, there's a lot of int- uh, a lot of interesting characters in this oh, movie uh, or yeah, a lot um, of, uh, actors a- great actors in it yeah, yeah. Steve Buscemi Marissa Tomei Ian Abercrombie uh, someone else I was thinking of uh, yeah the um, the friend um, I don't know what he's called Sandalis uh, friend oh uh, the... Joe Pantoliano ah, I, don't rem- yeah. I don't remember what the character is called but yeah so there's a lot of good actors in this oh yeah um, I, 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 that that surprised me the most because when I started watching, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a really good movie." <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. So um, I did read up a little on this movie, and okay. apparently, which I think it explains some some things. Okay. Uh, so it is a screenplay by Marie Kornhauser, but it's uh, on Wikipedia at least. It says it steals liberally. <laughs> from a, a French book from the 1860s. Okay. And I think that explains some things, because this, this this movie had a, has a big problem of never explaining anyone's motivations and thought process. Sure, yeah. Um. So yeah, I, it's throughout the entire movie, it feels like, why are you, why is this happening? Why are you doing this? In what way? Yeah, yeah. It, it's all very, it's all very thinly explained. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this this could work better as a movie if we know what people think are thinking. Yeah. But on, honestly, like the the best way to explain it, it's it's like a it's like a it's like a soft core pornography. Yeah. Because the story is very light, and basically every scene that Nicolas Cage is in, he has sex with Eric Anderson. Yeah, I um, mean, and, and I would go so far to say that this is a, f- uh, a movie representation, actual movie representation of one of those uh, smut novels. Oh e- yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, this this Pantsus, I would say. Call it in Sweden. Yeah, this is I would say a better representation of a smut novel than like Fifty Shades of Grey's movie. The, the movie is. Oh yes, yes. Because this actually just has a lot of like. Sex and is not a. Uh, I don't know. It's it just happens. It's never like in the front line, or it's just not not in the um, spotlight. It just happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's um and and, and we we basically see everything but penetration. So yeah. And I don't know which version I saw. There's supposed to be an unrated version, but I don't know if I want to see that. <laughs> um, there, there, there was enough stuff to see in this one, um, and I mean, I, I, I don't mind that at all. But I would like some story in a movie. Yeah, because I mean, it's an hour and forty, and and uh, the like the the actual story doesn't really kick off until like forty minutes in when uh, when um, 
Judge Reinhold starts suspecting that his uh, wife is uh, is being unfaithful. Um, yeah, and even then, there's barely a story. Oh yeah, yeah, because he he's he's he he keeps um like um uh, beating around the bush. He's not talking about it. Uh, he's just like slyly mentioning it to her and to other people, and it and it, and then it's just cuts to to uh, Nicolas Cage and Eric Anderson having sex, and she's being remorseful, and he's being angry, and then we go back and forth and back and forth. And yeah, it's like happens. It's sort of like the same. Well, at least in a script point of view, the same scene just over and over and over again. Yeah, exactly. Or, or like three scenes, like. Nicholas Cage says, hey, we should have sex. Sex. Erika says no. Uh, then they have sex. Then she is remorseful. So, oh, we shouldn't have sex. And then we cut to uh, Judge Reinhold says, well, I think she's having sex with someone. <laughs> and then we do that again for like six or eight times. Yeah. And then, and they... then we have the ending. Yeah, and then they start introducing um, Judge Reinhold's is it grandma who's uh, in the movie, or great? I think it's his mother. I think. Oh, his mother, maybe. Yeah. Because I think um, that's that's also think that they sort of start a story, but no, that because I think it's his mother, and then she confides into Sandley. This, oh, I have a new one, a new guy, even though uh, my husband, so your Reinhold's father, just died just a year yeah. ago. And, and then they say, well, we should just have a dinner years. together. Yeah. We should have yeah. a dinner. And then they have it. And it's that's it. That's uh, that conflict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, and and, and I, I felt like that was supposed to be... Like, there... That's... Uh, that's she's played by Vivica Lindfosch, a Swedish actress. Um, and her new dude is played by um, uh, Ian Abercrombie. Uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Pitt from Seinfeld. Um... And I felt like that was supposed to be like a metaphor for you know it's that you're able to have a healthy relationship even though you're being unfaithful or something, but it never goes anywhere because he's in like three scenes and then he's gone and they don't really mention it anymore. And, uh, she kind of disappears from the movie as well, and until the until the end, when there's 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 the whole after spoilers after Judge Reinhold dies or kind of kills himself. By sort of. willfully uh, drowning, or <laughs> yeah. like, like refusing to get help out of the water and just disappears. <laughs> uh, just is that, is that, just uh, to correct myself, it is uh, his Terry's grandmother. It is, it not is mother. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was wrong. Um, then, there, then there's like then there's like twenty minutes left of the movie, and then it 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 started feeling it started giving me like time to kill vibes because. Um, first of all, a- after he dies, uh, uh, the, the little clothing store that, uh, Zandali runs gets infested by ants, um, which is that, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a sign of, uh, uh, of yeah. things going bad. <laughs> and she starts having like, um, so it's only, only in one scene, but they mention that it's happened more. Like she starts having stomach aches and she's standing in front of a church and like being all, uh, uh, fatalistic and like, oh my God, what's happening? And, um, uh, uh, Nicholas Cage starts, he starts painting himself completely black. 
and screaming, Black it all out! Black it out! Black it out! Like he doesn't want to remember what happened. And they're all, they're all like suffering, both mentally and physically, because uh, they were all kind of involved in him dying, or at least him not being rescued. Um, and and when, when they say, like, oh, the, the store's infested with, uh, with ants, and Joe Pantoliano says, I'll, I'll go get some, uh, uh, whatever, ant repellent. Mm. And um, uh, Vivica Lindfors just looks at uh, uh, um, Eric Anderson and just, no, no, I'll go. Like, she doesn't want to look at her anymore. And I thought that was pretty, that was that was good, but that's just the last ten minutes before the credits start rolling. And in that time, they also managed to kill Erica Anderson out of nowhere. She gets shot. She's like, yeah. oh, she paid. She's the only one who really paid for the sins. That's not fair. What about Nicolas Cage? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I mean that entire like last I don't know thirty to forty minutes of the movie. Yeah, when the, when they're in the bayou up until the end. Yeah, we yeah. just. What's going on? It was just, the entire sequence, I could not understand <laughs> at all. It was like they they fig- like they realized that, oh, shit, we didn't really tell the story. All right, we'll just tell it now. Supercharge <laughs> it. Yeah, so just to explain what happened. So we have these eight scenes, that, or, or four scenes that I, I uh, talked about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> it just repeats throughout the entire movie. That, that yes. is... Sort That's of literally the, what it is, yeah. Yeah, and then at the sort of the end, Judge Reinhold comes out, and more or less they have a talk. Um, well, I'm gonna. I'm, uh, so, yeah, Thierry, Terry T- comes Thierry, out yeah. and and talks to Zandali about this, and they have this sort of uh, metaphorical, but also kind of a grown-up conversation about it, mm-hmm. where they both say, "Yeah, I'm sorry," uh, to each other, and say, "We we did badly." Uh, I'm not gonna forgive you, but we can work on it, more or less. Yeah. Uh, and then they mutually decided we just go away for the weekend and just sort of rebuild this relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Terry uh, mentioned this to Johnny, and I have no idea if he does this uh, on on purpose or not, because uh, yeah, yeah. it seems sort of like it. Because he, he mentioned it to Johnny, and then Terry and suddenly go and have this nice afternoon and then they stop by at a, a bar out in the bayou to to buy some beer and johnny's there and terry doesn't at all seem surprised really no yeah it's really weird so, so it's just okay so he, did he sort of plan this did he know that johnny was going to come here because he's so obsessed or <laughs> what's going on because uh, yeah terry definitely also Definitely says we're going to this specific place in the bayou. You know the place where we played us as kids. Yeah. So, but yeah, and then John, then he sort of yeah, yeah, you can join us. Uh, and nobody really knows what's going on at this point. Of all three, it feels like. And he suddenly Terry Johnny. Nobody really knows what's happening. No, yeah, and and uh, Terry isn't even really sure that it is Johnny who has been sleeping with Sandley, right? I think. He kind of I, knows, but it hasn't been actually said. Yeah, I, I think he knows, but he has no proof. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd say. Uh, but then we have this weird, outside of the bar, this weird thing where it almost feels like uh, Ter- Terry for tries to, 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 to have a threesome with them all. It's just like, yeah, yeah, Johnny can join. Yeah. We can do this together. There's place for everyone with this sly smile. Yeah. And then they started to do so that Johnny and Terry does do a waltz yeah for some odd reason 
<laughs> and I like that waltz because it was it, it, it almost felt like a like an like an artsy fartsy representation of a fist fight. And I, hey, that's something at least. Yeah, yeah, it sort of was because they had this um, sort of flexing against each other while mm. waltzing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just sort of trying to break out of the. Um, being the, the the the, uh, the the female role in the dance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Taylor brings out a gun, acting crazy. Then they go for a ride, and yeah, he aims it at everyone, including himself. But then he just shoots into the water, and then let's go. Yeah, and then they <laughs> go on a boat, and then he fall off the boat. Terry falls off the boat, and then just decides to die. Yeah. Uh, Zandley mentions that he's he's stuck in the water lilies, and she jumps after him, but he doesn't like even oh, try. Oh, that to... what she said? I yeah. didn't hear what she said. Yeah, so that's why oh, he doesn't okay. get up. But then when they try to help him, he just like no, no, <laughs> and even bites uh, Johnny when he tries to get him out of there, and then just yeah. she just sinks. Because because uh, okay, that that explains. Because I was thinking you can't just willfully drown. You can't just. No, that's very I mean, you hard. Have, unless you have like, yeah, weights if, on you or something. If he sort of, sort of tangles himself into the lilies by on purpose, I mean that that works, I guess. Yeah. But maybe, uh, he, yeah, okay. he, maybe he just like, oh shit, I'm stuck. All right, might as well. Yeah, sort of. Uh, yeah, and and so that whole thing is just I didn't understand what's going on. Again, it could have worked great if we know what Terry was thinking. Yeah, because it feels like she, he had a plan. He knew what he was doing, but we were not informed of what that was. No, I, yeah. And I'm trying to think. And like, then we, was he trying to uh, like, trying to be like prove himself better than Johnny or to to win back Sandali or, but but she, I mean she wasn't really she wasn't really in love with Johnny. It was just you know no. It it was just because because of uh, Terry's impotence that she had she like. Had a had a, a a moment of of passion with Johnny once, and he and he gets obsessed. Yeah, and there was a few times throughout the movies where not sh- it was was a gray zone if it was uh, rape or oh yeah not uh, several I, I, times throughout the movie. I'd say in when they're in the the church in the confession booth, oh very mm. edgy. That was that was definitely rape. Um, yeah, but there are a lot of <laughs> a lot of. Uh, points before that, where she clearly says no, but we and and she looks like she's in pain, but she she acts like she enjoyed it afterwards, and it's yeah. it's, it's very much gray zones. But there's just this one moment, I think, or maybe two, where she actually uh, wants it. Yeah, like, when it's a clear case that she wants it, or I mean, they both want it, I guess. When it's consensual, one hundred percent consensual. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Because I was thinking, first, as I said, I thought Terry was trying to get some kind of weird uh, chasing Amy threesome thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we should just all have sex, because that will fix the problem. That was my first thought. Uh, but then, I, when they were in the boat, I was feeling like, oh, he's going somewhere to just kill them both? Or something? Yeah. Or he's yeah. going to drive, drive, he's going to kill all of them? Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I, so I, I don't. I, know. I, that, but that—that's kind of what made it, the ending at least a little exciting. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I was like, yeah. Whoa! But I mean, it wasn't enough because the first—I mean, I, uh, I, I watched it uh, uh, pretty late last night, so I kind of 
fell in and out of sleep while watching it. So mm. It took me a long time to get through the first 40 minutes. So maybe just because of that, yeah, that it felt like it was so long. But I mean, even even so, the story, like we said, doesn't really start until 40 minutes in. Uh, you, you should try to start the movie yeah. off in about 20 minutes. So you can actually no. have some movie left uh, to tell the story. Um, but here they they chose not to. I mean, <laughs> ugh, yeah, yeah. And and as as you talked about, then after that, Baju encounter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's we have like fifteen to twenty minutes of just meandering about and nothing really happens, and yeah. then Sandley dies and the movie's over. Yeah. He, she, and she dies from like a stray bullet from a drug dealer who is has sort of said that Johnny owes him money, like, twice in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of... There's a lot of, um... Uh, what's it called? Answering machine messages in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just a badly told movie. Yeah. Yeah, the story in, in and of itself isn't terrible. It was just poorly told, yeah. Yeah, we just didn't understand it. It could have been... You... It could have been... Uh, it could have been pretty interesting... Um, yeah. The dynamics between these three characters and how you handle a situation like this, mm. um, and even more interesting if it would have been that Thierry was kind of the one who instigated the whole thing, like I thought he would. That's not, but that's not part of the story, so <laughs> I can't really fault them for that. Yeah, and I mean it could also be worked because since Thierry is, a, is an old poet, he sort of he talks in poetry at a few times throughout the movie. Yeah, and that could have been great if we if he had this thing where he just talks to himself in poetry so we can have a, a a more direct way into his mind of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I, th- I think both uh, Zandali and Johnny is, is pretty open and shut what they want and what they what their motivations are and so it's what they want. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but just Terry is, is a mystery and I don't understand it and I hate it. No, because he at, at first it feels like he's going to be the main character but I guess he isn't. But no. still, still, we, uh, yeah, you want to know more about him, and and he, he's the one that has the most going on. I mean, he he is the the poet who had to take a job at his father's firm, and now he so now he's a he's a working man and not a not a not an artist anymore, and that's why he's feeling this pressure and why he's uh, uh, experiencing impotence, and that's that's kind of the, um, uh, what you call it? the the in, the the instigating incident or whatever it's called. In the movie, mm. and that, that that's that's why he feels more like the main character. And if, if only, if only we, if only he had more of an arc, maybe that would have fixed the the movie. I don't know, or at least helped. Uh. And it would have been fun to see Judge Reinhold act some more. Yeah, he's kind, I mean, he's kind of like flat in this one because he's kind of yeah. like a sidelined character. But he is one of those uh, actors we talked about it before. One of those actors you just enjoy watching act. Oh yeah. Uh, no matter what he does, even if you want more of him, he didn't uh, get to act that much. It's still fun to watch. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, but I've, I've, I mean, I, I really only know him from uh, from the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Mm. Um, he's, he's been in some other stuff. I mean, he was in, uh, he was in, up, oh, he was in the Nicolas Cage movie uh, before this, or I mean, uh, Fast, Fast Times, Fast Times yeah. in Bridgman High. So we. We have gone back to that movie a few times. It's, it's almost like we should have watched it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll do a maybe we'll do a a Patreon exclusive episode where we'll talk about Fast mm. Times. Yeah, because no. he's really only in like two scenes. So, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, but yeah, but I mean, this was the first time I saw him like properly acting. I think so. I I'd like to check him his his check out his filmography a little more. I think I know him best from both well um, Beverly Hills Cop, obviously, mm. but also the Santa Claus. He's oh yeah, one. he's the the new. I think the in new, all of the them, new, uh, actually, the new husband. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's I, true. I, I've seen him in some other things also. I I I know that I like him. I've seen him in some things. He's he's been guest starring in a lot of shows that I watched, like Seinfeld ah, okay. and things like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, he's the he's the close talker in Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh, that's so. Yeah. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's he, a lot of a lot of one episode of TV shows he's done, like yeah. King of Queens, Monk, The Dead Zone. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> oh the yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's the he's the 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 teacher who wants to do a, a Kwanzaa uh, uh, like sh- Christmas show instead of a yeah a Christian Christmas show. Yeah. Huh. So you see, you have seen him a lot. I have seen just, him other... just forget it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'm, but, now now I want to check him out more. Yeah. Yeah. But every time you see him, you say, "Oh, that, that guy. It's I that like guy. him." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, uh, I'm not. I don't have it in front of me, but. Was he involved in like producing the movie as well? Because uh, uh, I thought I saw his name. Um, let's see can if I can look find up it somewhere. Producer? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea actually. Uh, yeah, his co-producer. Exactly, because it was like a, a blah 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 and a Reinhold uh, company production or something. Hmm. So. Yeah, he's uh, he's a co-producer. Huh. So I guess, I guess this uh, maybe maybe this was like a like a passion project of his. <laughs> Unfortunate. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, there's not much to talk about this movie because it doesn't happen. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Uh, yeah. Except a lot of uh, well nudity. Um, a lot of from nudity Z- from Zandali and and. No, there's a lot of nudity from other characters. Oh yeah, too. Nicolas Cage as well. I, yeah. I, 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 you, you even, you even, there's a blink and you miss it. Uh, cock and ball sh- uh, shot from him. Oh, so, uh, I, I, I guess I blinked and missed it. Yes, very good because I, I was watching. It was like, oh, okay. I had to go back and look. Yes, there it is. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Otherwise, otherwise, they're pretty good. Even though it's supposed to be an erotic movie, they're pretty good at at, at hiding the private parts, except for breasts, mm. I suppose. But yeah. there, nope, they you caught it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's some scenes at the like a sex club and things like that too. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the the whole bachelor party. Yeah. No, no, no. They they when Sandali goes with her friend to a sex club. Oh right, sure, yeah, with. Uh, Joe Pantoliano. So yeah, there's a, there's there's a lot of nudity. Um, there is, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but then there's we, a lot of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, you go. You go first. <laughs> I, I was also gonna say there's a lot. Also a lot of weird uh, characters who just appear and disappear throughout the movie. Yeah, Steve Buscemi. Like Steve Buscemi is a, is a. He just runs in to the scene like four times and then runs out. Yeah, and at first I thought he was gonna be. He was gonna be like the the, the 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 god character, the Deus Ex Machina character. Yeah. But he doesn't really do anything. He he sort of is like I don't know, judging Zandali at the end when they're standing by Thierry's grave. But not really yeah. I don't really see the point of his character. 
He didn't no. really bring anything to it. It was, it was fun to see him in the movie, but I'm just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, and, and the same with Marissa Tomei. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, this... just there and being annoying for t- three minutes. <laughs> yeah, and at this point... Okay, no, I was going to say, at this point, she was already like a household name but because of my cousin Vinny, but that was the year after. Mm. So, she, w- she was still just girl in movies at this point. But still, it's yeah. like... Yeah, she, she plays the, the, the quote-unquote girlfriend of Johnny in one scene, and then in one um, um, uh, answering machine message. That's it. Mm. <laughs> and she's gone! And she, she, she's not called Remy, she's called Raimi. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that's, all get, that's all we get about her. So, um... The, uh, and there's like nothing. There's not not that much stuff you can find about the behind the scenes stuff, other than Nicolas Cage being a little too method in this movie, which I thought he stopped being method after uh, uh, Wild at Heart. Oh. But maybe maybe this was uh, uh, made uh, no. It, it it wasn't that he was too method. It was that he improvised too much. Oh, all oh, right. right. Yeah. So I, I guess it's it's a it's a. Uh, <laughs> it's a Small line between those, but I guess. Sure. Um, and, and also, this is the same year, so this is still the the nineteen ninety year when he did four movies. So yeah. Uh, um, and and the one that made him stop improvise was the last one, while Heart, and it could yeah. have been recorded before this one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But Eric Anderson has mentioned in, in interviews, it's here on, on IMDb that yeah. um, uh. The scene where 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 he where he is painting on her body with with uh, with paint, um, uh, he he uh, says Cage. She she says since Cage is an actor who loves improvisation, right? To show the domination of the male over the woman, he put in such brutality and such participatory violence that I was terrified. I felt really violated. We had to stop shooting and do it all again the next day. The rushes were pure pornography. They traumatized me. It was just and I, unfortunate. It must have been severely cut down, because based on what we see in the movie in that scene, I can't even see how that no. could have been. Yeah. Uh, so I guess so. it must have been a lot bigger scene or, or a lot longer. Yeah. Um, which it, which it, it, all, that that kind of stuff always really puts a puts a damper on the movie. It's like oh yeah. It's like yeah. the the whole uh, what's it called like Last Tango in Paris. I don't remember the actress's name, but she was basically raped by Marlon Brando. It was just like, ugh. She has later, though, gone back on that when she was older, but, you know, still, it it traumatized her at the time, so. Yeah. That kind of ruins, because that's a good movie. Uh, Kind of similar to this, because it's also an erotic, uh, not thriller, but I guess erotic drama, but that's a pretty good movie, but then you hear hear about that, and it's like, oh. Oh. Mm. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, at least this isn't a good movie. Um, no, exactly, yeah, at least it didn't ruin a good movie, <laughs> if uh, that's any consolation. But yeah, that that's about it that you can find about it. It's, again, uh, they stole a lot from this French book. It's also some kind of trivia. Oh, uh, yeah. And this French book is, uh, it's, it's about sort of the same thing, but, but in the 1800s. So, um... Oh. The daughter of a French sea captain and an Algerian mother. 
and then ah. she's married away, and and then he she gets her in a relationship with someone else who isn't her husband, sort of. Ah. Um. So and and apparently it's it steals a lot of uh, scenes just straight out of that book. Uh, maybe these scenes that feels weird, like the dancing scene. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Because <laughs> that would have been super controversial in the eighteen hundreds. Two men dancing. <laughs> oh. Uh. Yeah, and then it's didn't didn't get did, didn't get a good reception. Nobody liked it at the time. Nobody no. liked it still. Yeah, I uh, can see kind why. Kind of a eh movie. Yeah, I mean it wasn't even theatrically released. It's a it's got a, a video premiere July eighteenth, nineteen ninety one in America. I did read that someone said uh, it's kind of a late review, uh, obviously, but that said that this one was up there with Wicker Man. Uh, big uh, disagreement that no. one. Yeah, so that yeah. Even... I saw some similar from from um, uh, someone. Someone wrote for the AV Club that um, yeah. going to, I'm going to argue that it's a secret success, especially for Cage buffs. It's oh yeah, it's that one. It's right up there nah. with, with uh, Wicker Man on the Nicolas Cage guilty pleasureometer. Pleasure oh, yeah, a lost camp gem filled with inadvertent hilarity and populated by heavyweight actors. Who would go on to do great things? Um, it, I don't. Th- this is not. It's not campy. Sure, I laughed like a couple of times, but I wouldn't call it like, "Ooh, it's so bad, it's good." No, it's just boring and bad. Yeah, I mean, the only <laughs> the only places I actually laughed in this movie and actually or actually enjoyed the movie that was because there are a few times where Nicolas Cage is. So Nicolas Cage. Oh yes, he's very cagey like, in a couple of scenes. It's it can be the Nicolas Cage best entrance of all time, I think, into a movie. <laughs> yeah. You just see his silhouette with that that weird uh, Nicolas Cage uh, pose in a doorway, That's and then true. he and then he does a headbang for no reason. And I saw this minute I saw him. That's Nicolas Cage. It was Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true, and and uh, um, yeah, he he does he does rage a couple of times. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where um, he's acting with Zach Galligan from Gremlins, another movie Judge Reinhold is in, huh? uh, who is in two scenes as an art collector or art dealer. Right. All oh, um, right. That's where I remember him yeah. from. I recognized him, but I couldn't place him anywhere. All right. Um, and he goes up to his uh, his studio and like, yeah, this stuff is okay. And then he's like, he just explodes like, well, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. I'm, I'm better than Einstein or whatever he says. I don't remember. And then Sagan just stands there and he's like, you want a cup of coffee? No, I'm gonna go. All right, see you later. No, no, no. He says, "Get the fuck out of here!" And nice. then he starts. Right. Then he walks out of scene, and Nicholas Cage goes like, "You want a cup of coffee?" And he's like, he says, "No, no, thanks." Already away. Yeah. Already okay. leaving. Bye. <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, when when uh, when Lee says, "Like this is not the place to do this," and when the when the in the church, he's like, "Oh well, yeah." F- well, fuck. Shit! And he rips his shirt open. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there was some good I'll, Nicolas Cage moments. Yeah, but not not enough. It's not like no. Wicker Man. Wicker Man is every other minute something insane happens. Yeah, and it's always Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it's always Nicolas Cage. Yes. Uh, so uh, this is this is not like a camp cult classic. Do not no. do not believe them. 
No. Um, watch Vampire Skiss then instead. <laughs> we discussed that not actually being so bad that it's good, but it's definitely badder and gooder than this. <laughs> yeah. Again, one of those movies, this one, that it just it's in the middle. Uh, yes. It's it's not as so good that it it's actually good, and it's not not so bad that it's enjoyable. It's just eh. It's blah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I could see uh there could be a value in this movie if you were thirteen in the nineties. Sure. I mean, I guess. I guess. Um, <laughs> but that's the only place it has, I'd say. Yeah. 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 It doesn't. It doesn't. Um... It doesn't uh, um, uh, tra- transcend the the smut. That's really the only thing yeah. you think about when you think about this. It's not like, well, yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of explicit, but it's it's a beautiful story and greatly acted. No, it's just yeah. it's it's okay. And there's a bunch of naked bodies. So I there guess one... if you like that, <laughs> there's a, a a title for a, a user review on IMDb, which I think uh, <sighs> really. Uh, says it perfectly. Gratuitous nudity livens up a dull melodrama. <laughs> sure. I, I think yeah, that explains it. Yeah. Then it's up to then it's it's subjective if you think that livens up a movie, but I mean that's that's what it is. Gratuitous yeah. nudity and a dull melodrama. That, that's yes, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um and and and. Unf- kind of, kind of pretentious without without earning its right to be pretentious. It should be pretentious. It's sh- yeah. It's, it's it's about a poet and a painter. Why wasn't there more? Why wasn't there more pretentious dialogue? Yeah, I mean, there was one scene which I was odd oh, when I saw. Well, there was a scene which was a part of a scene. When I saw it, I was just yes, that's that's how this entire movie should be. It's, Is it the bar scene? Uh, no. Oh, okay. uh, it's when. Sandali comes home from a... I don't know. She's been out having sex with Johnny, I think. I guess, uh, yeah. That's, that's usually what she does when yeah. she's not at home. So. Um, she comes home and you see... Um, uh, I already forgot. Terry. Yeah. You just see him sit in like this... He sits in a chair in this awkward, hunched over angle. Oh, yeah. Listening yeah. to experimental jazz in the <laughs> dark. And she comes in, and he just responds with, like, a poem line. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I was just, yes, this. This is how the entire movie should be. Just people standing and sitting alone, talking about poetry and art, and be f- super pretentious about it. Yeah. That's what it should have been. And then, I wouldn't say it's a bit of good, but I would have got it. I would have got yeah, the point. It would have made more sense. It, yeah. Because it, now it just feels like it's a bunch of filler between sex scenes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Unfortunately. <laughs> I'm just, I'm reading from that review, Gratuitous Nudity, Love and Subdull <laughs> yep. Melodrama. I'm talking about, yeah, the only interesting stuff is the sex scenes. But then it's the last line is, on the downside, you also have to see Judge Reinhold's butt. Not, a, not such a pretty sight. <laughs> 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 got to got to emphasize how straight you are when you write the review. That's yeah, important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but sometimes sacrifices have to be made. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I think that's sort of it. I don't know. Yeah. 
Well, um, we should, we should, I guess we should discuss uh, Nicolas Cage more, more specifically. I, mean, I guess we already have, but because we mentioned he does rage a couple of times, but this was the, this was. Um, <sighs> I don't know what, what did you think of him in this? I'm I'm torn. I mean, uh, he was he was, de- he was definitely Nicolas Cage. He he did a Nicolas Cage role. Yeah. Uh, with all the good and the bad that that entails, uh, we had some interest, some fun Cage, but we had mostly the dull downer drama acting Cage, yes. which is not a main character. He is again. Uh, put in the friend role that he did so good, so much in the beginning of his career. Oh yeah. Uh, and he's not good in that role. He, if he, need, if he's gonna play this dull, uh, down, well, not down to earth is the wrong word, but dull character. Yeah. Then he needs to be the main character, so we actually get to know him better. Yeah. In this one, he's just boring, except the few times he explodes as Nicolas Cage. Yeah, um, I agree. So, yeah, yeah, he's fine. I did really like uh, the the uh, costume for him. Um, oh yeah, yeah, his whole the, look was very yeah, good. Yeah, it, it's very it suited him great. This weird half rocker, half mullet uh, yes. hair, and the the goatee and the mustache and the l- black leather jacket, and then also uh, when he paints, he has these weird glasses that. Weirdly fit. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, I, I liked I, how he looked. That was I, a great result. Yeah, I, spe- I specifically liked his hair because um, <laughs> I, I would think for mullets, but uh, I was I was uh, I was disappointed towards the end when you can see that he has le- he at least has in- extensions in. It's not uh, all his mullet, unfortunately. <laughs> but and you felt oh, I felt betrayed, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> No, but yeah, but uh, he he had a very a very distinct look. I mean, you even mentioned that his just his profile in the in the first scene is in mm. it's like that's the guy. You just yeah. knew, you just know he's a he's a bad boy. He's dangerous. <laughs> um, he just he just he just he just exudes that kind of energy. So in that way, I think he did a good job. But yeah. then the material he had to work with, eh? Not yeah, exciting. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. He did a great job. But I think that he had nothing to work with. Because exactly. I think his his part of the scripts was just line was I want to fuck and then then they fuck and that's it. Yeah. That's and then then Nicholas Cage improvises some. Uh, that's that's every part of the script for him. And I think that's not much to work with. No. Yeah. It's it's kind of one note, which is yeah. it's so weird to say when it's supposed to be a movie about two two uh, pretentious artists a painter yeah. and a poet <laughs> but, Spe- nah. yeah, but they're all so flat and boring yeah specifically in the beginning because when when he is introduced there we get some flesh on, on on the bones we get some when they talk about this that he he didn't actually go to art school he pretended to go to art school he yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he just used his in uh, his tuition money to buy paint painting supplies and paint for himself and he just he, he that he he lives for the painting yeah. and for the art and he can't breathe it out and then we just drop that and no he's just a sex person yeah that's oh, all he is i gotta keep painting otherwise it all turns to shit like, yeah. yes that's a cool guy 
But yeah, and but then, then we just drop it. Yeah, and yeah, and he, and he he gets a job at uh, Judge Reinhold's place just to pay the bills. So for a while he's just doing that. He's not even painting. Mm. Ugh. That's a, it's unfortunate. I was I I really thought it was going to be an interesting movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it it definitely have potential. So I I would not be against a remake of this movie. Oh yeah, this is this is a perfect movie for a remake. Yeah. Um it's it's a good concept, flawed execution, and it wasn't a big hit, but it's it's obviously a movie people have seen at least, so yeah. there is there is that like and it, yeah, it's it's a story you could retell. And it's it's a, it's a it's a pretty um pretty time uh, what's it called timeless tale. It's not like it's it's a 90s story. It's this could be told mm. now in the nineties or in the eighteen hundreds, obviously. So. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So just remake this movie, go deep in the pretentiousness of yes. it. Just go fucking deep as fuck into it. Flesh maybe out the characters. maybe make every character just speak the exact lines from the eighteen hundreds novel. <laughs> yeah, something that like cool. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like the the Romeo plus Julia thing, something oh, yeah. like that. I mean. Just go all out pretentious, and this this could work. This could work. Uh, yeah. But as it is, no. No. Not good. Yeah. So, what are you going to give it for score? Um, uh, let me let me pull up our scoreboard. See what I have here. Because I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> give it too high of a score or too low of a score. I mean, it's it's definitely better than Firebirds. That's that's like. That's that's what we measure after now because that's the worst one yeah. by far. Um, it's better than that, but it's it's I would say it's like a like a, f- a four. I actually it's just slightly below. That, mediocre. Uh, I I have lowered my score for Firebirds. Okay, oh, I yeah. have lowered it. You gave it a three. What was it before? A four? Uh, a four. A four. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll give uh, this a four. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give this one. A four, yeah. two, yeah, it is a four. Slightly um, below average. Yeah, I mean, if this movie was on TV, uh, I and I was like doing dishes, I wouldn't immediately change channel. No, yeah, yeah, you leave it on. I would if it was Firebirds. Oh yes, <laughs> I would. I would unplug the TV <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> just to make sure. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. And that was terrible. Oh. Yeah, but I, I was it. Uh, it was interesting because uh, I talked with a friend about this movie, uh-huh. um, and just uh, so yeah, we we're gonna see Sandali. She was like, "Oh, that wasn't a that that was kind of a bad movie." You heard of it? Oh, what? people heard of this movie? I never heard of it. <laughs> um, and oh yeah, what? Uh, yeah, yeah, just that that oh, okay. apparently people he- heard about it, even though it. Uh, is isn't available in Sweden and it never have a theatrical re- release. Yeah, well, yeah. Someone, someone obviously did watch it because it, uh, uh. it it has reviews, but uh. it's uh, it's it's another one of those. And it, as we're moving along in his career, um, it feels like this. This is so far into his, it's ten years into his career now, almost. Mm. Um, and he's still like making movies that like kind of disappear. I can understand in the beginning, even though it's kind of weird, like Racing with the Moon is kind of forgotten, even though it has Sean Penn. Yeah. And, but now in like in 91, after he made it, uh, well, I guess it's the same year, so it could have been made before, like you mentioned. Mm. But after he's been in a David Lynch movie, um, then a movie 
Nicolas Cage is in is just forgotten like this. It's 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 weird. Yeah, but I I don't think where we are now in his career, it feels like he's tried a lot of things. We thought we have oh, talked yeah, about this a lot of ta- a lot of yeah. times, but uh, but now it feels like he tries to go a more serious route or a more uh, like drama thriller route. Yeah. Um, if if we think about like uh, Time to Kill, Wild at Heart, and Zandali now, they all sort of have the same vibe in a way. Sure. Um, yeah. The same ballpark at least. Um, and and I wonder if it's gonna. I I feel like it's gonna continue like this for a while. Um, I don't know, because the next movie, we should mention that, because I think we're going to wrap this up pretty soon. Yeah. Um, the next movie he made is uh, Honeymoon in Vegas, or at least, you know, it's made in, it's his first movie that comes up in 1992. Um, and that one seems like a much bigger production. It has James Caan and Sarah Jessica Parker, and it actually has a meta score, <laughs> which sadly <laughs> didn't, and it's, it has a theatrical release. I mean, it looks to be like a like a uh, like a like a witty comedy or something. I'm just I'm just looking mm-hmm. at the IMDb page. So uh, I know he goes back into w- more weirder territory with uh, leaving Las Vegas, mm. but um, I don't know. Maybe 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 his like arty face is coming to an end with Zandali. Um, if you look at the list, because. Um, after that, he does Amos and Andrew, which I know is another c- comedy. Um, okay, then Deadfall, which is like an indie movie almost, but it's 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 not artsy fartsy. Mm. Um, and then I don't know what Red Rock West is, but Guarding Tess is another like typical mainstream movie. Um, and then It Could Happen to You is like a well, not a classic, but people know about that one at least. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't know. I mean, he well. maybe maybe he had that. Between uh, between time to kill and here, he except for Fireheart, uh, Firebird, I suppose, um, he like wanted to do something different, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this year has been a weird year for movies released for him. Uh, yeah. Nineteen ninety, uh, like Time to Kill, Firebirds, Wildheart, and Sandler Lee. They are again, they're sort of in the same vein, most of them, but they are all kind of weird. I wouldn't say indie, but forgotten weird movies. Yeah. Um, so maybe just this year was just weird for him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's uh, definitely something going on since he made four movies yeah. in one year. Yeah. And then uh, the year after this, 1991, he didn't didn't made, make any movies. Uh, he took a year off, I guess. And then in 1992, he made Honeymoon in Vegas, which is next week. Yes. So we'll see what that's all about. I haven't I haven't yeah. watched that either. There's a, huh? like we said, there's a lot of movies now. Other yeah. than other than Deadfall and It Can Happen to You and Living Las Vegas, I haven't seen any of the movies left in in season one. So yeah, I've I've only seen It Could Happen to You. Uh, well, um, that's uh, that's Sandily. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> it was a uh, it was a big disappointment. I I I, I for some reason had a high hope of well. For reasons I told, I mm. thought it was going to be a good movie, but it wasn't. It could have been a yeah. good movie, but no. I would say honestly, this is sort of what I expected. Uh, okay. uh, I, I I did not think it's going to be that interesting. It felt it felt like, and it was a standard 
uh, romantic 90s drama tragedy thing. Sure. Yeah, ah. I guess. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, honeymoon in Vegas is better. It doesn't look very good, but who knows? Mm. <laughs> who knows? Um, so I want to say thank you so much for listening. Um, wherever you're listening to this, we are, of course, available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, really. Um, if you want to hear these episodes well in advance, check us out on Patreon. For $3 a month, you get all the episodes weeks in advance. You also get other stuff like exclusive episodes to my other podcasts. You get commentary tracks, videos, a bunch of stuff. So check that out. But until next week, check out Honeymoon in Vegas. So you can join us in the conversation, so to speak. That is pre-recorded, but still. <laughs> um, and um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone. The Nicholas Cage podcast is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. It's produced, directed, and edited by Tobias Vidian. Hosted by Tobias Vidian and Christopher Billian after an original idea by Christopher Billian. Executive producer is Annika Vidian. And a big thank you to all our sponsors over at Patreon for keeping the show going. Laura Kinney, Rasmus Jonsson, Mom and Dad. If you also want to join our Patreon, you can at www.patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Help us keep the show going.